Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I'm your host, Barry. With me this week, as he always is, is the co-hostess with the mostess. It's Eric, the Whiskey Mutant. There's Raph. Yeah, a little too Raph. <laughs> What's he going to say this week? What's he going to see next? See, say, see next week. What's he going to see and say next see week? See and say. Depends on what I've been watching, what I've been doing, depending on what I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway. If you got that one, you may like Ninja Turtles. I got it. I know you got it. I'm saying the listener. Yeah, I understand. Hey, if uh, you are new to the show, first of all, thank you so much for being here. If you are returning, hope you are doing well. Thank you so much for coming back for another episode. Subscribe to the podcast on whatever you are listening to li- listening to it on. Uh, leave us a five-star rating and a review if your podcast app of choice allows you to do so. If it's... Some, if we have missed, if you have left us a review and we've missed it, please let us know. Send us a screenshot or something, and I will we'll read it out here on the show. Uh, Bill Robarge actually did that recently, uh, and we're going to read his his review out at the end of the episode since I couldn't find it last week. Uh, but it was on an app that I didn't know existed, and I also don't see the reviews for. Uh, so please, 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 if you've done that, send it our way. Hey, if you want us to read something else out, just send it our way, too. I mean, if it's appropriate. Your, your manifesto. <laughs> yeah. You want to hear us read something you wrote? Send it to us. We'll figure out how to put it on the by, show. By all means, yeah. You want to send us your limericks? <laughs> you want to send us your grocery list? Yeah, let us know. <laughs> there once was a man from Nantucket. <laughs> uh, but you can also follow us on social media. is at my bourbon pod, at Whiskey Mutant. You can also become a supporter of the show at patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast for as little as... $1 a month, but it's at the $5 tier that you start to get bonus incentives, like episodes that come out before everybody else receives them, you get the pregame chats, you get once a month bonus episodes, uh, which Swan is the co-host of now, so... Gotta pay for Swan. Gotta pay for Swan. He doesn't come cheap, nope. either. Well, that's the truth. You don't understand the amount of bird seed and breadcrumbs that I have to give that man. I'm sorry, bird boy. You don't know the amount of the gym membership you have to pay for him so he can fly over here the much to keep his wings strong. He's a strong boy. He's a strong bird. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. He's a str- strong bird. Strong bird. I didn't have anything as a follow-up for that. And I, my, my brain just kind of stopped working for a second. So, uh, yeah. Patreon.com slash podcast. It's time now for Sips and Snacks. Sips and Snacks. Where we pair a thing with another thing. And this is another treat from Jason and Natalie from Utah. The treat is not technically from Utah. Well, they probably bought it in Utah. But we couldn't even get this thing to translate. Perry almost got it. Barely. It's basically a little wafer crunchy cookie with like a chocolate filling in the middle. Like I said, I'll put a picture of it up before the show, but... It's got a lot of crazy words on it. Yeah, the Google Translate app didn't quite get us where we needed it to go. Because it said things like chocolate cookie, and then it said custard, and then it just said water, and then it said fresh, fresh is soft. Fresh is soft. So, anyway, I don't know what any of that means. It's a chocolate cookie with some chocolate filling. It's really good. And a little bit of crunch, too. Mm-hmm. A little bit of crunch. So we paired it with... A Maker's Mark pick. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Now, the unfortunate part about this Maker's pick 
is that it uses the mocha staves, which don't exist anymore. But but I think that's why it goes so well with the chocolate. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think in general, this is a good indication that, you know, a, a mocha stave from a mocha stave selection from makers is going to pair well with something chocolatey in general. Yeah. But this really like brings the sugariness out. It almost more. makes it, yeah, it almost makes it like a um like if you had like do you you know the the soft batch cookies? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Like what are the keebler or the keebler mm-hmm. soft batch? It's like that with a little bit more spice to it. Yeah. I used to take those and heat them up in the microwave for a little bit. Ooh, it would be so good. That sounds tasty. Um, but this pick is, if you have a maker's pick and you want to compare it, no puree two. Two seared French cuvee. Cuvee. Yep. cuvee. One maker's 46. Three roasted French mocha. Four toasted French spice. So... Either way, it's great. This goes good with chocolate. Yeah. I dig it. Oh, yeah. So much like a soft batch cookie. Yeah. Eric, what have you been drinking recently? What have I been drinking? You know, I I dug into the back of my shelf. So I've got a, I've got a shelf that's kind of like stuff that's almost gone that maybe I need to kill or I just haven't got into in a while. And I pulled out uh, Weller Special Reserve. And I know that's not anything special. But I, I hadn't had it in a while. You know, I've had the these foolproof picks that we were pairing. And we had some OWA picks that mm-hmm. we were talking about. And I, it was just normal green Weller. And no lie, like that thing is really good. Like, I hadn't just sat down with it. And it's not amazing out, you know, nothing I'm going to go crazy for. No. But I feel but it like it's solid. I feel like it's just something that just gets overlooked a lot. Yeah. You know, when, when the whole Weller subject comes up. So it was nice just sitting down because that was probably one of the first Wellers that I owned myself. And it was nice just sitting with it and realizing, hey, this is just a solid pour. Yeah. I just wish. I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> I mean, that that bottle particular should just be available yeah. all the time. That one should be. I, I say you save some of that rant for our topic. I will, and that's why I stopped. I'm not going to say it right now. <laughs> and then also I got into some of my old Forster barrel picks that I got. Um, some are a little too hot. Some are just right. But it's nice seeing uh, the difference in those picks. So that's kind of what was on my mind. I'm way over here when I was thinking about that question nice. you were going to ask me. I uh, I got another <laughs> surprise, surprise, Knob Creek pick the other day. Uh, but I got it for Halloween. Actually, I, now that I think about it, I've gotten a couple of... It's not time. It's retired. Oh, jeez. I didn't say it. I know. Um, but it, uh, I, I actually got a couple recently. I got that one uh, that we had at the Halloween party, and then I got another one just because I was like... I need another Knob Creek. <laughs> you can never go wrong with a Knob Creek pick. No, it, it's kind of turned into one of my daily drinkers, you know, e- either as like a nightcap or yeah. whatever. But it, it's just, it's such a solid bourbon. 
and, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit more, too, once we get into our topic. But I like how I, Don Nishida just straight up dropped the mic on you the other day on our chat. Be like, oh, look at this, what I got, Perry. Yeah, I was, I was like, all right, Don, I see how it is. 15-year pick, nobody yeah. sees anymore. I think the exact quote was, it's so funny that I'm listening to Perry and Eric talk about 15-year Knob Creek picks while I'm sitting here drinking a 15-year Knob Creek pick. Now, here's the thing. He just bought that bottle. Yeah, it's It a, wasn't it, one that he had right. in storage. It's a, a, it's a recent one. Was that from Hawaii, I'm assuming? Oh, yeah. 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 All right. So I had this thought the other day after last week's episode that we touched on a topic that I felt needed a whole episode of dedication to. And we've talked about this before. I, I, maybe not in this exact capacity. Um, but, you know, we have talked about, like, pricing for bottles and whether or not it's appropriate in some capacities. But I think that this is a conversation. It's an ongoing conversation. And I think that it's one that we want to kind of offer, like, updates on from time to time. As well as because the the market is constantly changing. Uh, and, and so this is kind of the discussion on what makes premium bourbons premium and why are we paying premium prices when they're, you know, our affordable, always on the shelf daily drinkers right. that we go for. So I, I kind of realized after posing this question, not just to you, but also to Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast for as little as a dollar a month. Um, but I, I asked the question, you know, just in general, what defines a premium bourbon for you? Um, we got some really, really good answers. Yes. And I think, it. I think before we start, cause we're both going to talk about what we like and we're going to talk about, um, or we consider, and we're going to talk about what the Patreon said. We definitely need to probably go over what each of us and Patreon think premium means to them. Yeah. Because I think it's definitely a broad term, and I think we all kind of have it in our heads, you know, what does premium mean mean to me? Yeah. And, and I kind of use it as like an umbrella term. I guess, like kind of a catch-all when I talk about bourbons that are either over $50 <laughs> or tend to be categorized as like limited editions yeah. or uh, limited releases in general. Um, so I, I really liked Don's definition on the Patreon of what makes uh, or what, what premium products are. So he provides the parameters of premium is fifty dollars to one twenty five per bottle, super is one twenty five to two fifty, and ultra premium is anything over two fifty. I think that's a pretty good standard by which for for anybody to go by, personally. Right. Are there any alterations to that that you would kind of make? See, price point is just a part of the premium to me. Because I feel like the main the main thing about a premium 
bourbon is the way it tastes, right? Yeah. Because there are, like, we, like we're going to touch on, there's stuff that tastes way better than a $200 bottle should uh, or does. Um, to me, premium means like a step above the normal. So I feel like all premium bourbons are automatically going to be expensive. And I feel like that $50 point is a good starting point. Although there are craft distillers, smaller distillers who their, you know, their normal product is $49.99 or something like that. I don't know if I could consider that premium, but if you're looking at the price, I think 50 and above the rest, I think is just a premium bourbon is something that's hard to get. It's in a glass case. It's, it's something top shelf. top shelf it's it's taking that initial shelf pro- product that you have and you're making a premium version of it now i know not everybody has you know stuff on every shelf yeah but i'm just saying like if it's in a sp- in, in a case if it's only out once a month if it's once a year it's a premium product or supposed to be a premium product and i expect to pay more money for it and i uh, would hope that it tastes like it's special. Yeah. It's something special is what I'm going to say. Yeah. I, I think that it it can be very subjective, especially when you're talking about the age of some products. Mm-hmm. And I, it in the current climate, in the current market, a lot of people are saying that For it to be considered premium, or at least for it to have a price that should be considered premium, I I feel like it's got to be, or what I what I'm gathering from people is that it's got to be at least older than eight years, right? And when you look at a product like this $100 Blue Run High Rye yeah. Bourbon that's come out, I can understand why people are frustrated with it. I can understand why somebody is saying, well, I'd rather buy two bottles of Rare Breed. I'd rather buy, you know, pay a little bit extra and buy two bottles of a Knob Creek store pick or something. But it's, it, it is, a lot of it is down to what you are willing to pay mm-hmm. for a certain product. I, when I reviewed and talk about Whiskey Drummer, which we'll get to. Um, I said that I thought that the the product that is in the bottle is worth paying the two hundred plus dollars for. Yeah, I think that it is one of those really well crafted, really well sourced, blended products that people who have the disposable income should consider picking up. And I mean that's again. Very subjective. But if you're kind of looking at Don's scale, or the scale that we're kind of adjudicating everything through, I I feel like it 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 fit it does fit into that kind of ultra premium yeah. category. I but at the same time <laughs> I'm wondering if two hundred and fifty dollars is too low for ultra premium. I don't know. I feel like that's why I feel like the money, the price tag 
is just a given, like when we're talking about premium. Well, yeah. And it's hard. That's a good point. It's just a given. You know it's going to be expensive. We could talk, we could go on and talk about if it's overpriced or not. But as far as like you put the word premium up there, I think it's more of like you expect it to, it's $50 and above no matter what. Um, and just going back to this Blue Run thing, we had the 13-year-old Blue Run, didn't we, at OBC? Didn't they let us try that? Oh, yeah, that's right. Great. Really good. So good. Really, really good. I would put that as a premium. Mm-hmm. 13-year-old, and it's probably, what, $150, 170 something, something like that. like that, yeah. I would expect that to be a premium, but you bring out a four-year-old product that I've never tried, and you put it in the same bottle, and you put almost the same price tag on it. I don't feel like that deserves to be on the same scale as your 13-year-old product. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. I'm not saying anything. Like, I haven't tried it. I I if it's a four-year-old product that tastes good enough to be a hundred dollars, that's amazing. I would love to. Yeah. But before I even try anything and I see your 13 year old, 14 year old product is just $50 more. I just, I don't get it. I, I don't get it, but that's just, that's a whole nother. Well, I guess it's kind of in the same park. As no, it, it about. absolutely is. And I, <clears throat> I, I'll, I'll provide, an alternative for a 13-year-old product that is half of that price point. Russell's 13. Oh. I mean, still, honestly, my favorite that has come out this year. I mean... I, I, I just... I don't nothing, even like... Nothing I, else is compared to. I don't even like saying it, but that thing's underpriced. I mean, honestly, it is. Yeah. It absolutely is. And it lives up to that... When you open it and taste it, it tastes like a premium product. It's what you would expect a premium product to taste like. Yeah. I think that, and, and this can kind of lead us into the next part of this conversation, is talking about specific bottles mm -hmm. that may be in the correct place or may need to be uh, bumped around a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I, do, I really do think that Russell's 13 could fall into a slightly higher bracket of being considered a premium product. I would be willing, based on how great the, the product within that bottle is, I mean, I could see them pricing it in the same way that Heaven Hill does with the old Fitz decanters. Mm -hmm. That could have been, and honestly, in some capacity, probably should have been $130 a bottle. Oh, that could have been a master's keep. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. But I, I don't know. At the same time, I mean, yeah, if you do price it at 130, people are going to go, well, it just why isn't it a master's yeah. keep? Or should I just wait for master's keep to come out before right. I consider purchasing one of these two bottles? That being said though, the Russell's 13 was gone so quickly. Mm -hmm. So so quickly. So it it's another one of those like you got to act now. <laughs> act fast, guys. Right. Or else you're not going to get in on it. But uh, I got to give Tony and Joey uh, from the Patreon, they really put that question out there about what is, how do you define that? Like they didn't really give any specific bottles they said, but they really made me think about like, what do I consider a premium product? Yeah. So his, uh, Tony's answer here, that's a uh, Tony bag of donuts from Tony, Joey, Tony bag of donuts kind of addresses the thing 
that we were talking about already. Are we defining premium in regards to the price? We could have an endless list of bourbons that are overpriced, or are we defining it as the experience of the whiskey? In my opinion, premium isn't a helpful descriptor. To me, it's kind of like having the word guaranteed on the box. It's just there to make me feel good. (laughs) Good Tommy Boy quote there. Oh, and always (laughs) consider Tony like... Tony's like the Eric and then bag of donuts is like his character. And so like I'm the whiskey mutant. So yeah, Tony, Johnny, bag of donuts, the the donuts. David Levine says premium for me is some combo of price, rarity, age, and exclusivity, i.e. first to do something only to do something, etc. cetera. Uh, Tyler Thompson just says, haven't really had that many premium bottles. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the definitions that people have have given us. So do you want to talk about some specific bottles? Yeah. Do you want to go through, are we going to kind of follow the question? Um, The first question you put out was, what's a bourbon that isn't premium that deserves to be? Yeah. You'll start there? Let's start there. Yeah. All right. Um, I I kind of had a tougher time with this, and I was the one who posed this question, not just to Patreon, but to you and myself as well. I. I, I easily kind of fell back on Knob Creek because I do think that that could be a more premium product, especially, again, with the 10-year price gauging. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we, we were just spoiled with those 15-year picks yeah. that could have easily been sold to us for over twice what we were paying, three times what we were paying at the time, up to you know $150. Now, yeah, I mean, I want to be only able to, I want to only have to pay $60 for a nine-year Knob Creek pick. Yeah. I'm not complaining about that. But if it did get moved up in price, I wouldn't be too, not disappointed, but I wouldn't be too surprised by it. So, but I'm going to throw Knob Creek single barrel in there, and I'm going to echo what I said before. I think Russell's 13-year almost deserves to have that premium oh yeah i feel like it is price point on it i i mean it's just insane good um so i brought some stuff from the house i got some stuff too we don't have to just drink your goodies (laughs) um if you want some of this you can have some yeah heck yeah so Looking at the price of stuff, I know we were kind of saying like $50 and above, but I just pulled out of my bag a Wilderness Trail uh, weeded bourbon. This is the normal shelf, like, and it usually runs around $50, but I don't think anybody would like instantly think that Wilderness Trail, just their you know, four to five-year-old bourbon is a premium product. But when you have this and you taste it against stuff, this thing drinks like it's a premium product. And I think, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I think we have to judge like what's in the bottle, you know, the most. And I honestly think Wilderness Trail, uh, even the, the rye, the high rye bourbon, the weeded bourbon, they could easily be considered premium products based on what's in the bottle. If you're going to put a four-year-old rye or whatever in a shelf and, you know, great-looking bottle and all that and call it a premium product for $100, there's no reason Wilderness Trail could not sit and do the same thing 
because it absolutely knocks most things out of the water. Yeah. I haven't had the bottled and bond hundred proof in a while. I will say, I, I don't think I'm doing myself a whole lot of justice from having just come off of that maker's pick because I am getting a little bit more of a graininess to it than I normally do. But well, I guess we did go from we did to we did. We did, we? but it is unmistakably like walking into a Rick house. Oh, I mean, it, it's very effervescent. It's got this really interesting spice kind of popping out as well that I don't really remember having too much of. It it reminds me of like barrel and strawberries. It's like mm-hmm. you think it's older. But then it, you get this like very like nice, sweet strawberry note on it. I would say a little bit of the youth is kind of poking through midway through the palate. Not so much so that it's just feel, it's making me feel like I need more to it. But I'm going to go back to what I said the first time I ever tasted this. I don't think this needs to be any older than it is. I don't want this. I mean, I like, <laughs> they do have the limited like six year products and stuff like that, which are higher in price and all that. But I'm just saying straight out of the, straight off the shelf, like you can go pick this up right now. There's no reason they couldn't put this in a different packaging oh, in yeah. a box, in a tube, put it in a shelf and somebody buy it and think, oh, this is not worth the premium price because it would be. Yeah. It's, an absolute hitter. Mm-hmm. And I I know that, you know, things have changed since then, since then a little bit, excuse me, just in terms of like, you know, seasons and what the barrels themselves are going through. But I, I am more willing to pick up a bottle of this than I am the standard off-the-shelf bottled and bond new riff. Yeah. And I love that new riff. I think it's phenomenal. But I think that this is the most consistent of those two products that basically came out at the same time. Yeah. I mean, within months of each other. But gosh, it's so weird to me thinking about the, like, the podcast has been going for that long that it was within the, the span of two of our favorite distilleries having released their first bourbon products. That's crazy. That's so wild. It just, and it, it, yeah, it seems like it was just the other day that they, you know, yeah. were getting some Wilderness Trail or getting some new riff for the first time. Yeah. And all the build up to it, too. We were just so excited and we were like, oh, we can't wait to see what this weeded bourbon is like. You know, is it going to replace Weller? And, you know, can't wait to see what the counter to it is like with this high rye bourbon from up north Kentucky. And then, I, I mean, I would say that both of these products that we're, that we're talking about, lived up to expectations oh 100 i and and i think that if we're talking about just pure satisfaction right out of the bottle i think that that could kind of be considered a premium yeah that's what i mean like it tastes like it should be harder to get or you know a little bit more expensive Mm -hmm. so I, i would consider that to be premium yeah so let's talk about some of the patreon responses to Bottles that are not premium, but probably should be. Tyler Thompson says, probably Rare Breed or 1920, Old Forester 1920. I would, uh, I mean, Rare Breed, you could put that in a crazy different bottle, a tube or a box and a glass shelf, 
pour it out and it would taste like a premium product. Yeah, it's absolutely. so awesome to be able to get something like that for that price and just on the shelf. I 100% agree yeah. with Ray Reed. Uh, Rob from Food, Wine, and Whiskey. Great podcast. Go check it out. Um, also says Rare Breed. Rare Breed again. <laughs> Don says Rare Breed. Rare Breed. One of, if not the last barrel proof, uh, barrel proofs under 50 MSRP. Also Eagle Rare when I get it for 40. I will 100% agree with Eagle Rare on I, that. I mean, again, if we're talking about the 10 year age or 10 year, 10 years per what am I trying to say here? $10 per year. Thank you. <laughs> that would easily be a $100 bottle. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no doubt in my mind. But then I kind of think of Eagle Rare now as a premium because of the rarity of it yeah, and how hard it is. Get. It. So it kind of, to me, it kind of is a premium already. But if you go with the original $40, it's usually on the shelf at a freaking pharmacy which it used to be yeah it, and it pretty much still is yeah have we talked about why you can go to pharmacies in kentucky and get bourbon i just always thought that that was a thing until i started traveling a little bit and i was like i'll just run in this pharmacy and grab something to take to the <laughs> hotel nope well that it's it's because of prohibition because during prohibition you can oh, still sell bourbon it for as medicine. medicine yeah that's why to this day in kentucky at the very least Bourbon alcohol in general is sold at ga- at uh, at pharmacies. Yeah, baby, Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get a lot of things right, but when we do, it's significant Listen, and we love it. We don't do a lot, but we sell bourbon as medicine. So come on down. <laughs> hey, it's gotten me through the pandemic. I'll say that. <laughs> That's much. true. It is my favorite medicine. Uh, and David Levine, rare breed. He says rare breed again, but also Elijah Craig barrel proof, Jack Daniel single barrel barrel proof, and for a little variety, four rows of small batch select. I don't disagree with that. I think that's a phenomenal bourbon. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely one that should be <laughs> thrown into the mix. That fourth rose is a super under-the-radar bottle that, in my opinion, is better than many of the single barrels out there. See, I, I I will agree, other than the rare breed, I will agree with that one more than the Elijah Craig and the Jack, uh, the Jack Daniels because I kind of feel like Elijah Craig Barrel Proof is a premium product. It is. It's already, yeah. it's $80, and we... Um, I mean, we talk it's about a, this all the time. We can't even hardly get it. Yeah, and, and it's a three times a year release. Yeah. I mean, it's not like there's a consistent, and God, would I love it, though, if, like, there was just a consistent batch of Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. Yeah. And those limited releases came out once, three times a year. Excuse me. When it came out three times a year. But there was also that underlying, like, you know, it doesn't have to be, like, the same proof all the time. Yeah. But if it was just their answer to rare breed, yeah. I would be all about they, it. Yeah, I would eat it up so yeah. fat. Okay, maybe drink it up something. Eat it, drink it. If it was that easy to get, I'd bake with it. I'd make food with it. <laughs> but the Jack Daniels single barrel barrel proof—that's one where I disagree with him on. Because I do, as much as I do love that bottle, a lot of those picks are less than like six five or six years old yeah so i mean if you're if you're going pound for pound here you're getting a better value with something like knob creek you get definitely getting a better value with uh elijah craig barrel proof but the jack single barrel barrel proof it yeah it's it's a younger product uh, it just I, turns out that it's 
really, really solid, even though it's four years old. I honestly kind of consider it premium, too, only because around here, and this is going back to like what each person considers premium, we can't get it. Get yeah. it around here. Yeah, it's pretty tough to... To, to us find. here, it's not on the shelf. Like, you may yeah. be able to see, like, a 375 of one, like, sitting at, like, Total Wine every once in a while. But you can't just walk in and buy a Jack Daniels single barrel barrel proof. Yeah. Especially a pick. So, it's oh, it almost borders that premium already to me. The the picks sell out quicker than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I have even kind of gotten to the point with, with Jack barrel proof that if I see it... In the three seven fives, <laughs> I'm buying yeah. one up, man. You I'm buying to. multiples. Yeah, you know, I'm willing to pay a little bit more for that just to have it. But at the same time, I I still do think that subjectively, maybe objectively, I don't know, that could be priced a little bit lower. I think so. I think it's just a a hair too expensive. About fifteen twenty bucks more. Exp- yeah, yeah. Because I mean, what we're getting it for sixty five dollars? I think I think if sixty, yeah, I don't care to pay that much for a pick. No, but just one sitting on the shelf. Yeah, I feel like that, you know. But then again, it's never sitting on the shelf anymore. Yeah, very true. All right, bottles that are considered premium but shouldn't be. This was mentioned in one of them, and I could not help but agree. Kentucky Owl confiscated. Oh, man. Uh, It pains me to say. Yeah. It pains me to say. Because I did really genuinely love this product when I first had it. And the fact that it came out after so many of these other amazing Kentucky Owl batches just, I think, just kind of hurt it a little bit. If that would have came out at like 40 bucks, I would have been like... If that would have been the non-premium Kentucky Owl. Yeah. And what's, I mean, that's what it was supposed to be, was the more affordable version, but it was still $130. Yeah. And people bought it up and you don't see it just sitting on the shelf like a non-premium product would be. So I think that automatically makes it a premium product. Yeah. I want to have this conversation again whenever we get around to trying the wise man. And actually do a side-by-side between the two. Because I do think that there needs to be that comparison. There needs to be that conversation about whether or not they did get it right the first time. Or whether or not this new product, this new iteration of what they're considering to be premium... Or, excuse me, accessible to more common drinkers. Whether that actually did the job better than Confiscated did. Yeah, we definitely need to... I've got... Yours, your confiscated is almost gone, but I've got over half a bottle. We get one of those. I would love to do a side-by-side. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny? I have seen good reviews for the wise man so far. So, we'll hey, see. Uh, here's the thing, though. Confiscated is not bad. No, it's not bad. And I actually really enjoy drinking it. It's got all of the hallmarks of Dixon's Kentucky Owl batches. But it's just lower proof and non-age stated. What's the youngest that's in it? Like five years I old or it was something? Five. Yeah. It's way overpriced. It yeah. is so, so overpriced. It, and I hate to say that now, but daggone it, this should be a $60 bottle of bourbon. I mean, I was going to say in that 40 to 60 range. Yeah. Like, 
this is solid, a solid forty to sixty dollar bottle when you taste it. Mm-hmm. Like once again, at the end of the day, does it taste premium or not? And this tastes like more of a daily drinker. Yep. That you would just keep on the shelf, and you wouldn't care if somebody grabbed it and mixed it, or grabbed it and did this with it. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me a lot of Bardstown Fusion series. Yeah. It's so it's almost identical in profile to a lot of those. Because okay, if we take that for example, I don't consider that premium. I can I consider Discovery the premium version, you know, going Uh up. So yeah, like this would be a perfect, like right before you get the premium, but then there's the Kentucky owl batches. That's your premium. Yeah. So what do you think about, and we can, I want to talk specifically about these, these Bardstown products for a second. Uh, What do you think about these newer releases, these new limited releases from, from Bardstown that are like, Eking towards or over two hundred dollars. I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, I don't care for it either. But I mean, I'm not saying I, I don't like the product. I'm just saying I don't like. I don't want to pay that. It's one of those things that I'm torn because I okay, love what they do. I love what they do. It's okay. It's like like Willet stuff. Like yeah, especially like the uh, the single barrel purple uh, tops. Okay, I'm I'm guilty. I've bought plenty of those, and I will still buy them because I know the product. I know that I like that. Yeah. But when you start doing all these stuff, like these different finishes and things like that, I really have to just take – you have to take a chance on if you're going to like it or not. Yeah. And what the Ferrari – and it's not – I know it's not Ferrari, but it was like Bardstown, <laughs> like Ferrera yeah. or – like it's a hundred. I, I apologize. I'm not correcting you on what exactly it is, but well, I can't remember I think off the top of my head. I think head. everybody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, and I also don't want to waste time googling stuff yeah. right now. But it's what 170 dollars. Rest assured, if you're listening to this and you're correcting us, we know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we know that it's I not. It's to. not Ferrara. Yeah. But or whatever the Ferrari. Heck. <laughs> but we know. Yes. We don't. We don't need. Yeah. We know. <laughs> and that. And I know that. Bardstown Bourbon Company puts out a great product, and I trust them to put out a great product. I just don't have that money to take the chance on no. a finished product that I may not like because, to me, I am not a big finished person. Yeah. Um, but if they turned around and they put out this, you know, product that it wasn't finished and it was here's our blend like Discovery, I would be more inclined to buy Discovery than I would one of the finished things. Yeah. What is one bourbon that you think should not be premium, but is priced as such? Right here. I brought it. Oh, that's a good one to include. This is my uh, Michter's 10-year-old single barrel. Can I say, I am right on board with you on that one. The first time I ever tried it, and it made me feel like such a piece of crap. It was the first time I went and hung out with Chad and Sarah. At their house when I did the first uh, uncorkings that I was on for its bourbon night. And Chad pulled out this Michter's 10-year. I'd never had it before. I was genuinely very excited for it. And I just was like, eh. I mean. <laughs> I just thought it was okay. And I felt like such a jerk. But, but it's, okay. 
this thing comes in at what 110 to 150 dollars if you can get that yeah this is a, a very tradable very secondary very hard to get bottle it's yeah. nice looking it's waxed it's premium to the premium and when i got that 94.4 proof when i tried that Jeez, i was please. so confused kind of like you were yeah and it i had never tried it at the bar this was like a 2018 one i just was lucky enough to get one at i think a liquor barn or something maybe yeah. before they everything was lottery and i was so bummed because i was like wait a second this does not taste like the the amazing product that everybody is making it look to be yeah and i still i mean right now I would drink a Russell's 10-year 90 proof over this all day. All day. Twice on Sundays. And the thing is, the Michter's 10-year-old single-barrel rye, premium. I would pay premium all day. It tastes like a premium product. This does not. The bourbons, and I've had since this one, I've had other ones at the bar. And I've yet to find a Michter's 10-year bourbon that I feel is uh, on the uh, on the level of a premium product. I, I just straight up don't like this. <laughs> I mean, like I, I, I had kind of a visceral reaction to it when I tasted it. It, it is medicinal, really herby, mm-hmm. herbaceous, and just kind of sour. Like it tastes like kind of a sour single barrel. Yeah. It yeah, it tastes like it just isn't a good pick or something like that. Yeah. It's not and I've the other ones I've had have never impressed me either. That don't impress me much. That don't impress me much. <laughs> you see what Patreon said? Yeah, let's check out what Patreon said. There is a very common bottle throughout the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Tyler Thompson, Blanton's, <laughs> that, that shows up a few times. Blanton's, at first I was like, I don't really think Blanton's is a premium product, but if we're going by the category, it's treated like one, it's treated like one. It's hard to get and now it's like $65, right? 60 to 70. Um, I guess if there's a normal shelf product, what would be H and H? And that's kind of the pre. This would be the premium pro- premium version of that. So yeah, Blanton's should fit that. It's Blanton's to me is something that should be twenty to thirty dollars and just sit there and just be there. It should. I don't feel like it when you open it up and taste it. It does not taste like a premium product. Uh, let's see. Food, wine, and whiskey said EC eighteen. It's not a bad whiskey, but for the retail price, $150 in Houston, it doesn't have the price to, quali- uh, to quality it should. Make it 100 plus proof, and it could be fantastic. Yeah, I've only had EC18 once, I think. I have, I have a bottle of EC18, and I've had it in a, um, in a flight. And it's good... Yeah, I don't remember being overly impressed by it. But it's not the $150 to $200 price range good. So I think that's a pretty good pretty good answer. What was the 
oldest that those limited Elijah Craigs what, got to was it like 23, 20, I was going to say like 25 or 27. Maybe I could be wrong, but I just, I remember looking at that range and being like, that is some old bourbon. Yeah. The EC18s to me, like have a little bit of that oaky grape taste. And then that's about it. Like they, I don't yeah. know. But yeah, make it a hundred plus proof, and it could be a different animal. Well, see, I worry that at a hundred plus proof, you would get too much of that oakiness. You know what I mean? I imagine that give the... me all that great. No, 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 and and I think that's totally fine. But I think that there is a good chance that you could wind up with a very dry, oh, very be so dry. just <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like have to drink water immediately yeah, after. It would. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know if it would function as well, but I think just for the sake of science <laughs> or experimentation, yeah, I want to know what it's like at a full cast You're strength. Right. So, uh, Don Ishida, he agreed with you, Perry. Uh, Kentucky Owl confiscated, not worth the hundred and thirty dollar MSRP, in his opinion. Yep. And then David Levine, um, Blanton's. And also, almost every celebrity bourbon whiskey, ex- excepting early blacking batches and cast strength. Everything high age, low proof, EC18, Eagle Rare 17, which are both oak water. Saz 18 is rye flavored oak water. <laughs> that's, all a right. good way to, that's a good way to put it. So, <laughs> so, all right, he said the Blantons. If I went off this year's Eagle Rare 17, I would disagree. I would disagree. Because this year's Eagle Rare 17 is a I would monster. pay the price and a little bit more for it. Saz 18, I could see that. Um, honestly, the blackened stuff, I enjoyed the blackened Willet. Um, I thought it was okay. And then <laughs> I don't know if I enjoyed the cast strength blackened. I have one from Kroger. Did we open that together? Yeah. Yeah. I brought the box Yeah, here. I don't remember it being... It wasn't super anything. memorable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the uh, the uh, second question: the what bourbon that is premium but shouldn't be. Yeah. And the last aspect here is a premium bourbon that deserves to be premium and is. Now I don't think I phrased it exactly like that, but it's what you would expect when you open a premium bottle. Yeah. You paid the money. You waited in line, you asked, you bugged your local, you know, shop owner, and you got it. For me, honestly, it's three-chord whiskey drummer. I think this bottle is easily one of the best premium products I have ever tried. Yes, that was a bottle that was sent to me by the three chord team but all the same it it just it feels like it has everything that a premium product should be a really well developed palette an exceptional finish the nose is just you you can't compare it incomparable it's what I was trying oh wait I didn't pour any I was Um, going to pour you mine oh okay yeah sure Ooh, the Masters Keep bottled in bond. Yes, my while we're talking, mine is Masters Keep, the seventeen-year-old. I for a second got my hopes up and <laughs> thought that one. this was one. I wish I, I know I'm. Tra- I'm I was trying to pour Perry something and we could drink together. 
Um, since these are both bottles that both of us don't have much left on, yeah. <laughs> instead of both of us pouring pours of both of them, I've got I've got less of my seventeen bottle yeah. bond than I figured. Than you do though, that yeah, comes with the territory. <laughs> but I think Masters Keep pretty much consistently is a premium product, and it is worth the money. Now I will say. I, I I agree with you that Masters Keep in general deserves to be premium. This, okay, wait a second. I got to talk about this. Okay, yeah, go for it. <laughs> sorry. This is the first time I've had this. Really? I thought you'd had it before. Mm-mm. Oh, snap, dude. I'm sorry. No, it's just one of those that I just hadn't tried. There's so many choices around here to try. But not knowing... Okay, and this is another thing. Like, If you blinded me... And I didn't know any packaging. I didn't know any stats. I didn't know any names. This three chord tastes like it should be an expensive bottle yeah. of bourbon. Yeah. It's got thick mouthfeel. It makes you, how can I say this? It makes you think of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not like, oh, that tastes like cherry. Okay, that's cherry. It makes you go, wait a second. I think I'm tasting graham crackers or is that a little bit of like plum or is that like grape, you know, a premium product to me should make you sit and enjoy a, th- a quarter of an ounce. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm having a moment right now. <laughs> I'm not even joking. We're losing them. But no, I, I, that's why I pulled it out. I mean, it just has every quality that you want a premium product to, it's to really possess. good. And it, it makes you just talk about it. And I mean, the glass is, it's coating the glass right now. Yeah. There's less like layers on the glass. So what I was going to say too, is that I agree with you that in general, Masters Keep bottles do deserve to be considered premium. The, I soured a little bit on the bottle and bond though, the more I had it. Now, I think part of that might be that it mine has more air in it. <laughs> Than yours does, uh, and it might have just kind of not reacted super well to the oxidation. I don't like the nose on this as much as I did when I first had it, but I do think that the palate is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, th- this is such a good bourbon, yeah. and I, man, it just makes me want to drink more turkey. I mean, it does, and it's like, and that's one thing too. It's like even even the little bit of negatives with the master's keeps I've had still doesn't make me think that it shouldn't be in that category. Yeah. There's always something about it that just makes me think premium product. Yeah. Mm. That drummer, man. It's incredible. Did, did, did you figure out or did it say where that one came from or was there rumors about where that one came from? Um, Chad and I kind of deduced that it was either heaven Hill or Jim Beam. And we were going pretty strongly convincing that it was. We were pretty strongly convinced that it was Heaven Hill, though. I would, I would, if I had those two choices. I definitely think Heaven Hill. That's really good. That thing, though, that is what? How much? Normal? Two hundred dollars? Yeah, it's like two thirty. Yeah, almost two fifty in some places. But throwing that price out and just 
based on taste, this tastes like a premium product. Yeah. For you sure. should, if you bought that, you should have no reason to think, hey, this tastes like a premium product. Give yourself a little pat on the back. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah make yourself feel better about it. I was, uh, I was watching a, a, a guy that I normally watch on YouTube. He does guitar content, music content. And he has this series, and I think he's just now wrapping it up, but he goes to one guitar store in all 50 states. It's really cool. And one of the most recent videos that he put out was at each of those guitar stores, he asked somebody that worked there, like the owner or whatever, what's the weirdest thing that you've seen while working in a store? And one of them, the guy, <laughs> the guy comes in and he goes, all right, I'm going to buy this. We need to file. We need to run it as two separate charges, though. Okay, oh, so he run, runs it the first time for eight hundred dollars, right? Guys waiting, like the cashier's waiting, you know, expecting like a second credit card or or whatever. And the guy goes, no, 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 run it again on the same card for another eight hundred dollars. So he was like. Oh, this means that he's probably like trying to hide from his wife that he bought a sixteen hundred dollar guitar. Yeah, maybe I bought two things. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so instead, he just shows her the one eight hundred dollar charge oh. on the card. Said that like a couple years later, same guy came back in with the same guitar and he was trying to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly, his wife found out. Oh, his no. partner found out <laughs> that he uh, he wasn't quite telling I'm the truth. Start doing that whenever. I buy really expensive bottles yeah all right patreon for their answers to what are premium bottles that deserve to be premium tyler says stag jr ecbp and little book rob says so many for this one if you get it retail george t stag william larue weller yeah. handy king of kentucky jack daniel single barrel rye that's a really good one to include uh taylor barrel proof four roses uh limited editions oh can we talk about that Limited Jack Daniels that's coming out this year. Oh, I want one so bad. Oh, God. I hope I get one. I want one so the bad. The hazmat like, one. Yeah. And, like, I, I think that Dustin said initially that it was only coming out in Georgia. There's no way. No, that's like the that's like the nationwide release. That's their limited yeah. release for this year. Yeah. So, we're going to have to do, like, just a Jack Daniels episode. Oh, I'm down for that. <laughs> Don says many, including uh, Elijah Craig Barrel Barrel Proof, excuse me, Stag Junior, Jack Daniel Single Barrel Barrel Proof, and Knob Creek Single Barrel, and then David Levine says some newer blends deserve to be considered premium, like Barrel M Series Rise. What is what is that? Is that like Barrel Craft Spirits? Their Rise? I don't know. M Series? I don't know. Hmm. I mean, it is spelled like Barrel, like Barrel Craft Spirits. So I mean, that dude. I guess so. I'm I'm in the wrestling with whiskey group with David too, and he'll post stuff in our uh, Discord. Dude's got I just look in the background. He's just got box. He's just like there's just bottles falling on top of him. Like he's got <laughs> stuff coming from every corner of the world. I not, think not jealous, not jealous. Not jealous at all, David. Uh, King of Kentucky and Four Roses Le at MSRP WLW GTS. He says, "Will it purple wax single barrels?" And Blanton straight from the barrel. Okay, I will agree that straight from the barrel Blanton's does taste like a premium product. I don't disagree with you, but I do think that it is overpriced. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> if we're going on the overpriced kick, yes. Just the premium product, it, it does taste like a premium product. Almost like if, like we were saying before, 
if Blanton's was just normally on the shelf for twenty to thirty dollars, I would expect straight from the barrel to be that eighty to ninety dollar yeah. premium product that's on there. But it's one hundred and fifty to three hundred dollars. Yeah, I saw it for three hundred the other day online. So, um, no big deal. I'm trying to look at some stuff here, kind of wrapping everything up. I really want to try some King of Kentucky stuff. Everybody says so much about it, but I've never had any. You know, that first one that I had with its bourbonite was just so disappointing and underwhelming that I've just kind of been like, I'm good. But people have just been raving about the more recent releases. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's time for me to get back into them and try them again. I don't know. You know, one thing I have been disappointed in that's a premium product is Old Forester Birthday Bourbon. Ooh, that's a good one. I haven't had this year's, but I had last year's and the year before, and it just—it was kind of like the Michter's Ten. I'm like, what? Like, I, I got good news for you. We're gonna be trying this year's next week. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that next nice. week. Nice, I but, like uh, that. Yeah. Good little sizzle. Good little mm. sizzle for y'all. Anyway, send in your thoughts. If you if we missed anything that you thought uh, we we should have talked about, please let us know at my bourbon pod or head to the Facebook group. This is my bourbon podcast group. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what else. This is my bourbon shop at gmail.com. There's plenty of ways to get in contact with us. Just let us know. We'd love to hear from you. It'd be awesome to kind of follow up on this. And uh, I'm sure that we will kind of come back around and talk about this again in the future. Like I said, we had already done before, but you know, it's, it's important to kind of gauge where everybody stands yeah. and <laughs> from time to time. And don't let anybody, even us, like, I know we're talking about it. It's all, everybody's opinion. Don't let somebody tell you that you don't think something tastes like a premium product. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just like we said last time, have fun with it. Yeah. And you know what? I'm, I, that's a really good point. I'm not trying to dunk on anybody that no. likes a particular product in a certain premium category. Do I think Blanton's is the best bourbon in the world? Not anymore, but I do enjoy it, and I know that there are people who just love it in general. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're willing to do that, if you have the means to do that, pay for it the way that you want to pay for it, by all means, do it. I, I don't. I, I genuinely do not care, and it doesn't affect me. Right. <laughs> I just think... I want I want everybody to have fun as far as as like blind yourself with something yeah, or yeah. get up with a friend and like if they're the Blanton's guy and you're the you know the whatever Logic Craig guy like have a blind like mix them up just have fun with it and like yeah. enjoy what you like and try some other stuff because more than likely you may find something that's a little better or you may not who knows I I, know. I have been in the mood every in I I just kind of took a break from it because I did so much of it leading up to and during that madness, but I just want to do a blind flight so badly. Mm, maybe we should do that for. Maybe we should figure out Patreon. That's a good thing for Patreon. Yeah. Why don't you, if you want to, send us a message or a category that me and Perry could blind each other on. That's a good call. Yeah, you know, rise, bourbons, high proof, low proof, finished, whatever. And we'll just pull stuff from our own collection and we'll just blind each other on as, it. As much as I love sips and snacks, I do miss flying blind. Hey. <laughs> we could do we could do sips and snacks 
We could alternate. Alternate. We go yeah. one, then the other. Who knows? But like I said, Patreon, you get dibs. Send us what you want us to do. Mm-hmm. How about we go into the next segment? The What's bottle it? chug? No. Oh, damn it. That's for the... that's. Um, Oh, that's just live stream. That's so, just live stream. Yeah. Oh. Do you know what this next segment's called? Tips. And bits. And bits. Tips and bits. Where you got? You go first this time. You want me to go first this yeah, time? Yeah, you go first this time. All right. So um, I'm going to go over it very quickly because not a lot of people care about it, but um, I I have to talk about video games for a second. Hey, um, talk about it. I beat Metroid Dread. That's a new this one? This week. Yeah, the, very, the, the newest one. Um, I got it on Friday and I beat it on Tuesday and it is incredible. How long did it take you? uh, How many hours? I think all in, it was about 11 hours of, of gameplay. Um, it felt like longer. Yeah, (laughs) it always does. But at the same time, like I beat it so quickly that I, I kind of was like, wait, is there, is there not more? But I mean, by the time that you get to like the final boss, you're just kind of going, all right, I'm ready for this. Let's push on through. Let's get moving. But I, it is so difficult. It's the most difficult Metroid game I've ever played, I would say. But it rewards people who are familiar with the series, who are familiar with the lore, who are familiar with the gameplay. There's elements of the gameplay that they don't even tell you about, and you just kind of have to discover on your own. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, they really don't hold your hand with this one at all until you start like getting specific abilities and, and whatnot. But it's, uh, it's incredible. I, it might be the best game that I've played this year. If not one of the, if not one of the best games. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm trying to decide whether or not I want to go back and like 100% it. Cause I haven't done that. Is there uh, different, uh, is like difficulties? Uh, yeah, there is a hard mode, hard mode. <clears throat> as well. So I might finish. I might do another run on the hard mode, um, just kind of like to get through it again. And then I might do a third that is trying to like either beat it under a certain time or trying to get a hundred percent items. So we'll see. I don't really know yet. I'm still kind of trying to figure out to what be I continue. Yeah, but I, I I'm just in love with this game. Uh, it's I have always loved Metroid. I was going to say, have you played the old ones too? Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, the the only ones that I've like, I didn't beat a whole lot of them growing up, but I was able to complete Metroid Fusion, uh, which is still one of my all time favorite games, uh, and one that I'm definitely going to have to go back and replay here very soon. And by, by the way, Metroid Dread is the immediate sequel to Fusion. So it picks up almost immediately where the other one left off. Uh, it ties in a whole bunch of the stories. Yeah and everything um but i'm in the i'm in the middle of trying to complete super metroid for the first time too i played through i didn't realize how little of it i had played through until i got you know probably about a quarter of the way in but then i was like okay (laughs) i need to go a little bit further than i had before you know what blew my mind when i was a kid what's that that she's a lady when I go, wow, she's very pretty. I never <laughs> thought that she that that was who was under there. And I was like, whoa, she's, <laughs> she's nice. <laughs> that was me as a little kid playing Metroid and learning that. And here you are. 
<laughs> Mr. Big Ol' Anime Nerd himself. Oh, yeah. Um, so. Also, uh, as of recording, I mean, everybody's going to have it by the time this episode comes out, but the Animal Crossing update came out early. Uh, it was supposed to come out on the 5th, but instead it came out on today, the 4th. Um, oh, may the 4th be with you. <laughs> you you honestly made me second guess if it was may or not i'll genuinely stop for a second to figure out like wait is it may i'm gonna start on the fourth of every month saying may the fourth be with you you'll get me every time probably <laughs> that's so funny i have the high ground <laughs> but yeah the the new update came out i just kind of dabbled through a little bit of it um today but it looks really good so far i'm excited for the dlc the paid dlc that's coming out soon uh but that that's enough of like the nerdy video game stuff we started watching the new wonder years oh really day. yeah it's phenomenal i haven't watched it oh my gosh i used to watch the old one all the time i I'd love s- i'd sing the song and everything i love Dulé hill um i mean i was a big fan of him because of psych which is one of our favorite shows of all time, one of my favorite shows of all time. And he plays a very different character in this show compared to Gus from Psych, but he's he's just a force of nature. Is Winnie Cooper in it? Uh, the original? I, if, if so, I haven't noticed yet. Okay. So we'll, we'll have to mm. see. Another but, pretty lady from my past. <laughs> <laughs> Winnie Cooper. But it's... It's so good. The first episode, the first episode made me cry. Oh. Like, it ends, I'll say this, it takes place in 1968, and the events of 1968 have a huge effect on this family. Yeah. I'm not going to try to spoil too much of it. I see where you're going. But it's, it is wild, and it's so well done. It's not ham-fisted. It doesn't feel like they overdid any of it. But absolutely go and watch the new Wonder Years. I can't I can't wait to watch the next episode. I'm gonna have to try it. Like, um we're only three episodes in. I think there are like six or seven episodes so far, maybe eight. But I'm I'm just ready. I'm ready to like just keep plowing through it. But anyway, what are your tips and bits this week, Eric? Well, mine may be very specific to people. <laughs> but what, Mr. Anime? Oh. It's not anime this this week. It's new metal. <laughs> All right. So All right. the new Limp Biscuit album just came out. I have heard good things about it. And it's legit awesome. Like some somebody said, I can't remember who it was, said it's it's kind of like the normal 90s Limp Biscuit. And to the response I said that's why I like it. Because if you were a new metal fan growing up, Linkin Park, Limp Biscuit, Slipknot, Corn, this album's for you. It's got everything you like about Limp Biscuit. I've been jamming this album for the past like three days. Um, there's one song on it called Dad Vibes. And like Fred Durst's gimmick right now is he dresses up like an old, old man because he's a dad and stuff like that. It's hilarious. It's very funny. I love didn't that he, album. Didn't he play Lollapalooza? Yep. And like he, that? Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing. Good stuff. Um, it's got some. It's got like a couple little skits in it, and it's it's a great album. I'm telling you, if you even if you're not like, just try out some new metal. Like I love new metal. Um, no. Yes, I do. That was a disbelief, not like a no. no. You can't. 
How dare you? I mean, I'm huge new metal. I actually almost got banned from Facebook this week too. <laughs> That's right, I saw that because of Limp Biscuit. <laughs> so, so I was a. Uh, That's funny. One of my friends growing up, like he's probably my oldest friend. Like we went to like uh, nursery school together and everything. Wow. Like so, we always like give each other hell on the internet. People like don't if they don't know us, they're like these guys hate each other, but we genuinely love each other. But I started quoting Limp Biscuit break stuff to him, and I said, "I'll skin your ass raw if you keep talking about that." And I got a warning from Facebook, <laughs> and then I said, um, "You're going to be leaving with a fat lip if you keep talking to me like that." And I got another warning. And I almost decided to push it to see if the three warnings got me banned from Facebook just by quoting Limp Biscuit, but I didn't. I stayed on. I I didn't do it. But Limp Biscuit has caused me to rage and get all crazy, like I'm in 1999, and new metal is just everything. Did you all ever cover Limp Biscuit? We did that for an intro once. Nice. Just like a like ten seconds of like break stuff. Yeah, and then we went into like one of our original songs, just to have fun with it. That's so really cool. I felt like Fred Durst for about ten seconds one time. <laughs> but either way, New Lint Biscuit's awesome. I think you should check it out. Nice. Is that it? Is that That's, all you got this I week? Think so cool. Well, that about wraps it up then. Eric, where can people find you on the social medias? On the socials, find me at Whiskey Mutant on Instagram. Doing all my pairings. I got some merch coming out soon. I'm working on that. And trying to get some more followers on YouTube. So, search and you're me. on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter now. Send me a tweet. Retweet me. Send you a tweet. I'm just going to send you tweet, any tweet. random tweet. I'm going to send you one that just says dick. <laughs> <laughs> dick. Let me retweet this dick. Um, so, yeah, on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And here in your studio. You can find don't me follow here. him here. Follow me. Follow me to Perry's house and to the studio. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> I'm very protective of this space. <laughs> this is my house. This is my. <laughs> it's my dojo. You said where to follow you to. So follow me here. <laughs> but seriously, don't. Please don't. Uh, you can follow me personally at pruder1492 on all social media channels. We're going to follow the show itself. It's at my bourbon pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can leave us a five star rating and review on your podcast app of choice if that is indeed allowed. And this week, we got a couple new reviews to couple. read off. Nice. So, this first one, I'll get the bad one out of the way. There's a bad one? There's a bad yes! one. Yes, I've been it's, waiting on this. It's two stars. Two stars. And this was before you were ever on the show. Oh, shit. But <laughs> I wanted to like respond to it. Uh, this is from somebody named Booker. Uh, two stars, complete giggle fest. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, this one is from all the way back in 2019, which I'm so sorry that I missed this, but it's from Scott from My Bourbon Journey. Wow. Five stars. Absolutely love them. Such great people and happy you were able to sit down with them. Always great interview. I don't know what I don't know what that's in reference to. Oh, that was probably the Carters that I interviewed at that point. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and last but not least, from Bill Robarge, also known as Beer Lovers of WI or Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Back from August of last year. 
Great team of dudes who love bourbon and sharing their knowledge with the world. Sometimes goofy, sometimes serious, but all the time genuine. Cheers to many more episodes. Well, Bill, thank you so much. Thank Cheers. you, Scott. And you know what, Booker? Hey, Booker. Thanks for... <laughs> giggle, giggle, giggle. Hey, we got his download at the very least. All right. So... He took time to write it, so. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to read it out on the show. Uh, let's see what else. You can find all of our apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.threadless.com. You can send us questions or comments to thisismybourbonshop at gmail.com. You can leave us a barrel ring, a voicemail, where we listen to it on the show at 859-428-8253. Anything that you want to ask us, c- c- talk about, just something. Let us know. Just call me. You used to call me you on my cell phone. Call me on my cell phone. Lay <laughs> out. Independently of each other, we both <laughs> we both decided that's where we we're going to go with it. Uh, go follow the YouTube page as well, youtube.com slash this is my bourbon podcast. Got a new video coming up soon, actually comparing the two Wilderness Trail six year releases, mm. the wheat and the rye. I'll watch that. Yeah, in the middle of recording that video, I got the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection package delivered so there is a genuine point in it where i had to hit pause and run and get it and i think i even like show it to the camera and i thought I'm you like, were gonna say you got the poops that on it two <laughs> weeks in a row is that what this show has become uh anyway i also go live every thursday night on youtube so go check that out it's a lot of fun 8 p.m hey be ready be ready Catch up on your bourbon podcast knowledge. If specifically specifically this bourbon podcast. Not like bourbon no, pursuit yeah, no. or podcast. No. <laughs> like, oh yeah, we love those guys, but like this one. I'm talking about this one because we're gonna play a game. We are gonna play a game. It's gonna be a little trivia game. There's gonna be a big, big winner. Big winner. Big old winner. And then last but not least, you can become a supporter of the show at patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast for as little as a dollar a month, for as little as five dollars a month. You get a bunch of bonus content, like the pregame chats, like the monthly bonus episodes, access to early videos, access to early episodes as well. Patreon's getting the uncut and unfiltered version uncut. of this week's episode. I said some stuff. Just like they do every week. Yeah. It's not the pregame chats. It's not the pregame chats. It's the pre-edited it's episode. It's the episode, but with all the little bumps and bruises that nobody else gets to hear. And bleeps. It's fun. I enjoy it. The unbleeps. It makes me laugh. <laughs> I bet it does. It does quite a bit. All right. That does it for this week. Next week, Old Forster Birthday Bourbon 2021. Oh. Happy birthday. Not yet, but I'm going to drink it. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Until then, I'm Perry. I'm Eric. And this is my bourbon podcast. Bourbon podcast.